Hello, and welcome to Showing Up with Asher Gottesman. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review, or simply share with a friend. You could also follow me on the Instagram at the Asher G. DM me. I do respond. Today, I am so excited about our guest, Nick Palmishano. Welcome. He is the CEO of the aptly named Diesel Jack Media. He is also a veteran. Thank you so much for your service. Film producer, speaker, entrepreneur, and marketing genius. Nick, thank you so much for being on. Thanks so much for having me in the the absolutely over-the-top introduction. I appreciate it. I feel feel good about myself now. Do you? Okay, good. I just want to make sure that (laughs) I I guess now we can end the show because that was the whole purpose of the show. So it was just to make you feel good about yourself. So. Um, (laughs) so, uh, Why don't we take a step back? I know you've worn many, many hats. And just tell us a little bit about you and who you are. Maybe you want to highlight some of the moments you've shown up or some of the moments that you've had challenges throughout your life. Yeah, you know, I I think, uh, um, you know, if if I looked at life one way, it would be a life marred with failure. Uh, But if you look at it another way, um, if you if you don't quit, then uh, it's not a failure. And so that that's basically been the the approach that I've taken in life. Um, and that started when I was, you know, 11 years old doing judo and then wrestling and then West Point, uh, you know, and then, you know, Ranger School, then entrepreneurship with my first company, Ranger Up. And, and you know, the same thing now with uh, with Diesel Jack Media is, um, you know, one of the most important things that you can do in, in life, regardless of, of what it is that you're into is just uh, the, the first step is total commitment. You know, whatever it is that you want to achieve, you have to be totally committed to that thing, be willing to pay any price. Um, and, and that's the only way that you're going to actually get, you know, wherever that you, you, you aspire to be. Um, you know, I can, I can talk in, in great detail about any, any number of things, but uh you know, oftentimes, um, you know, when I think about the, the true moment of when I became an entrepreneur, um, you know, I I was working for a Fortune 100 company. I was 29 years old. Um, I was making more money than anybody in my family had ever made. Uh, I I had this little hobby, you know, on on the side called Ranger Up, which was my my first business. Um, and it was, it was truly, you know, like a tiny thing, you know, uh, we were selling a couple hundred thousand dollars a year in t-shirts, not a, not a ton of margin in that. Um, but it was the thing that I was passionate about it was the thing that, um, you know, made me feel like, you know, life was exciting, uh, worth living, um, you know, and, uh, you know, it, it resonated with me, whereas the corporate job that was paying me a lot of money, um, I felt like I was passing time, you know, and sure. you know, that's a bad place to be is, is you know, because, you know, time is our most valuable resource, um, you know, and, and so, you know, when you really think about what makes you happy, what's worth, you know, what is worthwhile to you, it's, it's spending time in a meaningful way. And so, um, you know, I, I I found out I was getting a promotion and and getting a, you know, a a six figure raise and 
thought about it all weekend and then came in on Monday and quit and uh and jumped full time into being a uh, a t-shirt apparel entrepreneur and uh almost bankrupted myself in the process um i went through a divorce at about the same time i was a single dad with two kids uh one three one one um i at one point uh went from never checking my bank account to only having $1,300 left to my name, $57,000 in credit card debt that was all for the business. Um, and it was just like a, you know, truly like if you took a step back, like a catastrophic moment. Um, mm -hmm. But like the idiot that I am, you know, I was coming up with the contingency plan of I'm going to get another job, uh, you know, to like, you know, to keep things moving you know, if I need to do that. And I just kind of made the, the goal for myself that I was going to do whatever was whatever was needed to increase my personal checking account over the next month. And, uh, you know, I never worked harder on anything. I, I you know, just constant, you know, content ideas, phone calls. Um, and, you know, at the end of that month, I, I opened up my personal account. I had you know, $1,350 instead of 1300 literally sat there and cried because I had done it. And as silly as it sounds, like that was the victory. And then, you know, uh, fortunately, you know, that minor victory turned into uh, a series of victories. And 15 months later, um, Ranger Up ha had grown, uh, you know, 4X and was suddenly uh, – a meaningful company and you know my life changed dramatically and uh you know I, I became you know for the first time a successful entrepreneur but the road That's to awesome. that was was four years of grinding with a lot of fear um a lot of uh a lot of wondering if there was a light at the end of the tunnel a lot of wondering you know you know, is this stupid? Like, have I put myself in a dumb position for no reason? Am I going to regret all of this? Like those, those fears, you know, tickle the back of your brain when you're going through these moments. And, you know, everybody that I know that has, has had to, you know, create, you know, that has created something meaningful has had this fight, you know, it might not look exactly like mine did, but, um, you know, everyone has this fight. Very few people just kind of are successful. There are these moments where you have to choose whether or not you're willing to to push further. Um, and, and a lot of times, I believe, people quit right before success. So how were you able to? You know, you had 1300 bucks in the account. You knew you could go get a job. You know, yep. you, had, you had the six-figure career uh, yeah. before or mo multiple six-figure career before what yep what what was it that allowed you to sh continue to show up for yourself at that moment and or at those moments and yeah. not uh and not and not um i guess pull the plug yeah so i i think uh, i think that it you know if you want to get good at doing hard things you have to do hard things and and that doesn't that doesn't mean that um everything that you do has to be life or death. But for me, 
it, it really was like looking back at my personal history. And, and I know this sounds really silly because we're talking about kid stuff. But um, when I started judo, I was 11 years old. And I was terrible. I was terrible at it. Uh, absolutely terrible. I was the last kid uh, of the, the cohort that started at the same time as, as I did to win a match. I was the last kid to get his yellow belt. I was the last kid, I, I was just bad. Um, and there was a period of time at the beginning where this was the first hard thing I had ever done where you know, I, I, I didn't think I was ever gonna be good. I was just bad at this. Um, and, you know, and my parents kind of said, you know, stick with it, keep working through it. You're gonna start figuring it out. Well, for me, I didn't start figuring it out until about, I don't know, 18 months later, whereas most kids started to figure it out around six months. But at 18 right. months, I, 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 I suddenly started to get pretty good. And then, you know, a, a few years in, I was very good. Um, and, you know, a few years after that, you know, I, you know, I beat a couple of Olympians in, in judo. And it, it, that, I always think back on that, how terrible I was. And the, the difference was just, consistent effort, um, consistent effort towards being good at something, consistent effort, uh, you know, putting in the work even when it's miserable, putting in the work even when you don't feel like you're getting better. So I did the same thing in wrestling. I did the same thing in the military. You know, that was my approach through all the hard military schools I did. And so, you know, I had never seen anything in my life to think that if I didn't give something my best, over a period of time that I wouldn't figure it out. And, and so it, it was really that simple. I just, you know, I had the confidence from all of the little hard things I had done in life that if I committed to this and I kept putting in the work and I, I went at it with no ego and just constantly reassessed, you know, what I was doing, that I would eventually figure out a formula to success. Love it. <laughs> Phenomenal. Did, did any of that come from your military training? Sure. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, the military is a, is, is a great place to take people that haven't, you know, you know, you, you go into the military, you're 18 years old, you're 20 years old, you know, you're, you're a young person. You haven't done a lot of things yet. You know, even if you're a, a really motivated high school kid or whatever, like you, you don't have life experience. And so the military has to take people that have no life experience, that, that haven't, they haven't been leaders, they haven't truly been tested, and they, they, they set up a framework of challenges that get you to believe in yourself, you know? And so, like, you know, when, when, when I think about basic training, you know, it's the easiest thing in the world if you're if you've been in the military for a year basic training would be is a joke it's you know the physical requirements aren't that hard the mental requirements aren't that hard but when you have no military experience the stress associated with going to basic training is crushing so right. you know, going through is very hard but looking back on it a couple of years later it was a joke well then after basic training you're going to go to some individual training you know, for whatever branch that you went in. And that, that training is going to, going to have more complexity to it. It's going to be a little harder. The, the standards are going to be a little higher. 
right? And, and you know, and then mm-hmm. at some point, schools like, you know, Ranger School or, you know, Buds for Navy SEALs or, like, you know, SEER School, any of these truly challenging schools where you have over time gone to a series of increasingly challenging things that have prepared you to handle something that is incredibly challenging. So, you know, my own personal example, you know, Ranger School, you know, you basically don't sleep or eat for a couple months. I mean, uh, you know, I lost 55 pounds. And when I started, I was like, you know, 8% body fat, you know, so I was already a really fit person. I lost 55 pounds. Um, You know, you mentally really tested. It's it's extremely hard. Most people fail. Um, You know, you get through that and you've now built additional confidence in your ability. If I don't quit, if I can endure, then I can succeed. And that's the first step to success is, you know, once you commit, you have to be willing to endure. These are things, you know, people call it, you know, call it grit. They call it any number of things. But, you know, if you're not independently wealthy or have parents that are just going to, you know, pay all the bills for you or whatever, and if you are, like, no judgment, that's awesome. But but if you don't have that, then, then you're that you're going to need grit because it's going to be hard at some point. Um, it's very cyclical. You know, you, you, you start to have a little success. So you invest in some things, whether that's personnel or inventory or a, a new building or, or whatever equipment, and then you invest in that new things. And, and then you have another challenge. And then you're like, Oh crap, how do I handle this challenge? How do I get enough money for equipment and inventory? I need it to grow, but I can't quite afford it. How do I handle that? Um, and, and, you know, those, those cycles continue every time you grow your business. So, you know, it's exciting, but success breeds new challenges over and over and over again. And so if you're a person that hates that, entrepreneurship is a bad place for you. Um, the, the way that I always think about it is if you don't enjoy the journey of entrepreneurship, the new challenges that pop up and solving those, you're going to hate this life because there is no such thing as making it. Um, you're either, you know, you're growing or you're dying. And if you grow, that means that you have to add people. It means you have to add, um, you know, what, you know, whether it's equipment or, uh, buildings or, you know, anything like, you know, every business has different challenges, but they growth creates new problems. So, you know, the whole idea of making it an entrepreneurship, the, the only way you can say you made it is if you decide you're done with it, you sell it, you make money. Um, that's great. But uh, like, you know, I, I don't think I'll ever not be running a business. Sure. What happened? It was Ranger. You said it was the company. Ranger Up. And what? And what? Ha- and what happened with Ranger Up at the end? Yeah. So I mean, I, I'm still uh, I'm still a shareholder. Um, we had a, a partial exit to a to a VC firm a couple of years ago. I guess coming up on three years now. Um, you know, and the, you know that was a big moment. Uh, so I'm still involved in the the uh, marketing and design of the company, but um, uh, the day-to-day operations now all happen in a 
250,000 square foot warehouse in Ohio instead of the 25,000 square foot warehouse that uh, that we were running in in North Carolina. Um, and so, you know, it, it's it's exciting to do something new. You know, I did that for a long time. Um, you know, hired a lot of people, learned a lot, and uh, you know, made you know, doing that deal was bittersweet because it, it's the it's the one company that you know that that was my, you know they they say you know your baby or whatever. Um, it was definitely my baby for a long period of time, but you know, no longer being solely responsible for that company, you know, left me with the ability to think, you know, what's the next thing? What is the thing that I want to do now? And um, it really came down to, you know, uh, sitting back and saying, what do I enjoy? I love making content. I love writing. I love shooting film. Um, and I also love helping small businesses. And so, you know, over the years, I've I've helped a lot of companies grow and solve problems. And I, I did this almost as like a, a hobby. Um, and so I built a business plan around those two things. I really love helping businesses grow. And I, I really enjoy making content. And so, you know, I built a team around that. The, uh, the gentleman that runs, you know, the video side, um, of our business is, is his name is Kevin Hurd. He's uh he's worked on you know Pirates of the Caribbean, Titanic, um, Marvel films, you know multiple TV shows you know about. Um, brings a, a breadth of experience, you know, and, and he runs you know the video side of our house. Um, you know we've got great ad buyers that have real experience that have been on the hook for it that have run their own businesses. And so basically I put together, you know, a dream team of individuals to solve the problems that nobody that I ever hired was able to solve. You know, most of the time you hire an ad agency, you get like a 400 page PowerPoint about all the things they're going to do. And then, you know, really none of it happens. And, you know, you get, uh, you get like an update every month. And the next time you really hear from them is when your year long contract is up. And so, you know, our whole mission here is to be a part of, you know, any company that works with us to be part of their team. Um, and I, I hit home all the time, you know, myself and, and my business partners, we've all run businesses. And so, you know, for a company to want to, you know, invest in us, whether they're a, a startup, you know, early stage company that's, that's you know investing at you know at the at the minimum level that that we have or you know some of our more significant partners that are already doing you know seven figures a month whatever their investment is um we owe it to them to give them a significant return on that investment and if we can't do that then you know i'm not going to wait for you know a partner to tell us like hey this isn't working i'm going to be the one to tell them it isn't working because it's extremely important to me that we foster successful entrepreneurship. You know, entrepreneurs are solely responsible for the growth in, in GDP that our, our country has. New jobs come entirely from new business. Once a company hits a certain uh, certain level, they don't hire anymore. Um, they're not they're not growing. You know, they're not growing America. They are looking for cost-cutting endeavors. They are 
they are either you know hiring fewer people and outsourcing or they are uh, building efficiencies into their business but entrepreneurs small business medium-sized business you know we hire you know we grow the country and so you know it's extremely important to me that that we are not a a remora that is just you know suckling off of people trying to be successful the way so many you know marketing agencies are we have to be growing people and so anybody you know anybody that works here has to be on board with that or they can't work here um and so you know we're we're fortunate <clears throat> that we've been very successful in that regard uh we typically make a significant impact on someone's business within the first 30 days uh, we certainly do within the first 90 and you can fire us anytime so there's no long contract that you're trapped in if we suck you can just dump us and so these are these are important things you know for for me is that you know any business we work with is never taken advantage of we always have to add significantly more value i think that's fantastic that's phenomenal and that's the best way to look at life if you if you are helping people and growing them and making them better, you're making yourself better. Absolutely. What's your best advice for aspiring entrepreneurs? The biggest thing that you're going to come up against is yourself. Um, you are convinced that you have a great idea and your idea sucks and you don't know. <laughs> And when you start and your idea doesn't work and people are telling you there's problems with your idea, you're going to have one of two choices. You are going to get defensive and tell them that, you know, they don't know what they're talking about and double down and bastardize what other entrepreneurs are saying about having grit and just sticking to your guns and not changing anything, or you're going to iterate your idea, change your product or your service or your offering so that it appeals to more people. You're going to adjust how you're marketing. You're going to adjust how you deliver the product. And you're going to make a thousand micro changes over time so that you will create something that might not even resemble your original idea but that actually does solve a market problem, and then you'll be successful. That's the hardest thing other than the commitment. I mean, commitment is step one, but once you commit, you can't commit like an idiot. You have to, you have to be willing to, you know, kill your baby, as they say. Your first idea is terrible. I started Ranger Up with 26 shirts. I was very confident, like, like an idiot, uh, and I printed like 144 of 26 shirts because I thought, you know, that's not that many and I'll sell these quickly and blah, blah, blah. Uh, two of those shirts were successful. 24 were not. And I was still selling off that original order four to six years later. I don't remember exactly when I finally sold the last one, but they were they were just so bad that no one wanted them. And that would have been a good place to quit, you know, or like, you know, just say, well, you know, people don't get it or I'm not getting it in front of the right people. But I had two shirts that were doing great. Two shirts were selling 
you know, at a pretty consistent basis. And, you know, a couple of months after starting, I needed to reorder only those two shirts. And so then it was like, all right, well, why are these selling? What do they have in common? Can I come up with some other ideas that are similar to this? And that was the beginning of my iterative process. Um, and, 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 you know, we've applied that to everything, you know, I, you know, whether it was Hollywood film or, uh, you know, Diesel Jack Media or any of our clients, everything is always about iteration. I, I tell everybody, um, you know, when they ask, like, you know, why are you sure that you can solve this problem? And, and I always say, I don't know, I don't know that I have the right answer right now. Chances are the first thing that we try is, is going to fail, but I know that I can get to the right answer through iteration. And I, I think that's the difference is, is we don't sit here and say, you know, we know how to market your company, but we will get to the answer. When do you tell aspiring entrepreneurs to pull the plug? I don't. Um, <laughs> that is a, that's so, so that's a personal decision based on a lot of things. Um, I, I, am, I personally believe that any business can be successful if the owner is willing to iterate. Now, that might mean that you're selling a totally different product than you started with. I think that when people are making themselves miserable and they're they they don't love what they're doing. They just feel uh, that they can't get out of it because of like pride. That's the one time I think I've given people the advice to to get out because they're not really excited about being an entrepreneur. It's more like they told everybody, "I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to go do this thing." They make the big announcement, then the then it doesn't work. And they start running out of money and they're, they're, they get into a bad position and the light in their eyes about achieving success leaves and it's just pride. It's just, I don't want to look bad. Get out. But if you're still excited, if you still are constantly thinking about how to solve problems, stay in. Keep solving the problems. You know, do whatever you have to do to make ends meet in the meantime, but stay in the fight if if you have the passion. If the passion is gone, it's not going to get better because you're not going to put your best effort into it. You're just going to you're going to kind of wait, and things are going to get worse. You're going to spend more money. You're going to sink lower emotionally. You're going to be worse. Like if you're in the fight, stay in the fight. If you feel like you're out of it, like you're not trying anymore, like you. Your, your life is miserable, then, then that's the time to get out. I like it. And you can always pivot, as you say, and the product may be different and you have to be willing to always pivot. Absolutely. So how do you know when the, how, so how do you know when the moment is to pivot? I mean, it's, it's real simple, right? Revenue, you know, um, you have to be able to convince people to buy the product. And if, you know, if you spend too much time saying people have to be educated and then they'll buy it, they're not going to buy it. You know, it's got to be apparent to someone 
why a product is worthwhile. Um, now, there are products that are going to take longer if you have a brand new product, and we're working with a product right now, for example, that's brand new. Uh, it's, a, it's a tooth powder. Called, uh, it's called Ripac. Um, it's a tooth powder that cleans your teeth without brushing. So the idea is that you don't brush, and, and, and they don't even say that. You actually can use this product and brush. Uh, but it's specifically designed with um, like campers in mind, hikers, military, police, fire, people that might find themselves in a situation for several days where they don't have access to running water or, uh, you know, where, where carrying things like toothpaste or toothbrush can be challenging. It's, it comes in like a little pouch and, and you basically put it in your mouth. It has effervescence. And you can do it for about two weeks before you start to lose, like before you absolutely need a brush. Um, it's a cool product. Before I used it, I never thought like, you know, this is, you know, why do I need this? But then I thought back, you know, to, you know, there were, there were times in the military where I had no access to a toothbrush. I, we thought we were coming back and then we weren't, you know, and so you go days without actually cleaning your teeth and, um, and so the people that have used this product really like it, but to most people, they're still in the situation where, you know, why do I need that? And so, you know, that's an education campaign that makes sense. And we're seeing, you know, over time, more and more people buying it and it's starting to make sense, right? So it start, that, that's one where it started off where we were paying more money to get people on board than made sense, but now over time, you know, we're, we're running that at like break even and I, and in a few months that's going to be very profitable. So like you don't want to bail on that because you can see progression, but when you can't see progression, when you're trying lots of things and uh, you know, no one's buying the product, you have to take a hard look and say, man, there's something wrong with the product and then go through the, the exercise of figuring out what that is. That is very, 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 very true. If we want to work with you, how do we find you, my friend? Yeah, so you can email us at hello at dieseljackmedia.com. Uh, you can visit us at dieseljackmedia.com and, and check out some of the things that we do. You can hit me up on uh, social media at, you know, Nick Palmashano. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, I think TikTok maybe Snapchat. I'm on most things. Um, but yeah, you know, hello at dieseljackmedia.com is the, the easiest way and we'll get back to you right away. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for being on, Nick. This was really, really informative. It was awesome. Most importantly, thank you for your service. It's, you know, I appreciate we don't, it. we, we don't, we don't um, give our veterans enough credit. And so I want to acknowledge that. And I want to acknowledge how important it is and how needed how needed it is. So, thank you so well, so much for, for having being on. I, I really appreciate it.